You're listening to a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. We hope you'll find it to be spiritually edifying. Let us open our Bibles together this morning. We turn to the Gospel according to Mark chapter 4. Begin our reading at verse 26. He, meaning Jesus, also said, This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it, because the harvest has come. Again he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like, or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest seed you plant in the ground. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds of the air can perch in its shade. With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. But when he was alone with his own disciples, he explained everything. That day, when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat, and there were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion, and the disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Our text this morning is in verse 38, in that last part, that question, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Well, of the congregation of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, as you read this particular chapter in the Gospel of Mark, you can tell that our Lord Jesus has been very busy. He has been busy teaching the people One parable comes out of his lips after another, the well-known parable of the sower, the parable about a lamp on a stand, the parable of the growing seed, the parable of the mustard seed. All of these teachings come from him, and it seems that probably more were also uttered, maybe recorded in other parts of the gospel or in different gospels. But all day long, he was busy teaching the people. And if you look a little closer, you will see that he was teaching the people from a boat. At a certain point, because of the press of the crowd, he felt that in order to create some space and some room, as well as to be able to communicate properly, it would be better if he did it from a boat. So he sits in the boat and he teaches a rather peculiar situation. But then, as our particular text and its context opens, we see that evening is approaching and it is time for the meeting to break up. 
And the Lord Jesus decides that it would be good for them to go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And that's what happens. The boat in which he's in, together with the disciples, along with some other boats set out for the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And then as they are in process of going across, wouldn't you know it, a great squall or a great storm descends upon the sea. If you've ever been to the Sea of Galilee, and some of you have, perhaps you've had a bit of this experience. It's a very temperamental kind of lake, you might say. One moment it's very calm, and you turn around, and before you know it, the wind is up, and the billows are up, and the waves are mounting, and before you realize it, there can be a full-fledged storm. And that's exactly what happened with the Lord Jesus and his disciples. They're in the boat, accompanied by other boats. They're going across the Sea of Galilee, and it's not all that terribly big. It's in a bit of a basin. The hills that surround it look like the hills around Vernon or Kamloops or Kelowna, rather bare. And they're going across, but it's the night, and the storm comes. And when it comes, it comes, obviously, from the description, with a vengeance. The wind picks up, the waves begin to increase, the water starts lapping over the side of the boat, and you can be sure that all of those who are in the boat are getting increasingly nervous. At first, it was just a little outing. And then it became an interesting trip across the lake, but now the waves are rising, and with it the anxiety levels are rising as well as the storm breaks and as the water starts to pour in. And probably most of them hadn't taken swimming lessons at the YMCA either, and so they feel that their lives are in danger. They're all very afraid. Then all of a sudden, we are told that in the midst of the fear, they start looking for Jesus, and where do they find Jesus? Is he rowing? Is he bailing water? Is he praying? Is he encouraging them on? No, at the back of the boat, Jesus is sleeping. And then as he's sleeping, notice the disciples woke him. He obviously was sleeping quite soundly. They woke him, and they asked him this question, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Don't you care? It struck me that those are rather sensitive, searching words. Don't you care? At that moment, I think they, they felt very much abandoned by their teacher and their master. It seemed to them as if he wasn't at all concerned about this storm and what was happening in their life. How do you sleep through this kind of a tempest, after all? But you know, that whole question, really, that's asked here is a question that, that resonates throughout the scriptures and in many different situations and times. I'm sure, I'm sure that Abraham 
and Sarah promised an offspring waiting year after year, decade after decade, must have asked the question two at times, Lord, don't, don't you care? Aren't you faithful to your promises? Don't you see what's happening to our life? Are you blind? Are you deaf? Don't you care? I'm sure Joseph, in prison, must have asked it. Job asks it time and again. I'm sure in the New Testament, Simeon, who's waiting for the consolation of Israel, must have asked it at times. And so you can add to the list. I'm sure also here in this congregation, there are some of you who sometimes ask this question too. Don't you care, Lord? Don't you care about our sufferings, our difficulties, our burdens, our sorrows? You know, sometimes you in this life can be in a situation where, where you pray and you pray and you pray and nothing seems to happen. It seems as if God doesn't hear. It seems as if God isn't there. And that sometimes in our frustration we can cry out, don't you care? And so this question asked in a boat on a stormy sea is an ever-relevant contemporary question. And what's the answer? Well, notice, notice what the Lord Jesus does once he's woken up. He doesn't wait, open his eyes, stand up and take an oar and start pulling on the oar. He doesn't help to bail the water out of the boat. No, he stands up, it says in our text. He got up, rebuked the winds and the waves, and said, quiet. Be still. Literally, he says, stop your noise. He says to the waves, stop your beating. It's almost like he's talking to a disobedient child, isn't it? Giving orders. But of course, you've got to wonder about that. Who in his right mind stands up in the middle of a storm and starts screaming at the wind and the waves. The only people who do that are the people who are demented, right? Or the people who have totally lost it, we would say. But you know, there isn't anything desperate about what the Lord Jesus says and does here. Notice it's, it's like a king commanding his servants. And that's really what it is. This is the king of creation commanding the elements. A moment ago, he had been teaching them. And of course, great parables came out of his mouth. Fine-sounding words, beautiful imagery, but, you know, you get that from other people too sometimes, right? Some people really know how to talk. They really know how to, how to put things in words and how to describe things and how to convey fundamental truths, but that's usually where it stops. 
And now with Jesus, he speaks and he teaches and now he commands and he shows his authority to teach the people. He gives them a peek at who he really is in all of his power and splendor. Gives them an added incentive to take his words and his parables to heart. And no sooner does he speak, no sooner does he tell the waves and the wind to shut up and be quiet. And it happens. Unbelievable story. And a story that tells us and reminds us that Jesus does care. Jesus does know the circumstances of his disciples even when he's sleeping. He knows exactly what's going on. It's Jesus cares. And you know that care of the Lord Jesus keeps going on. Parable after parable. Miracle after miracle. You can read it in the next chapter. It goes on all the way to a cross. If you want to see the depth of his caring, then you look at the cross. And you see him hanging there with his hands and feet nailed, his side cut open, his blood pouring out. You see him suffering first in the light and then in the darkness. And you have a most visible and gruesome an awesome display of his care. He cares enough to die for his people. He's not dying for himself. He's dying for you and for I. Truly he cares. And this morning we've come here together to celebrate the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. And you know what is really the sacrament of the Lord's Supper? But you might say it's the ultimate reminder to his people that he cares. That he cares all the way to a cross. That he cares all the way to to a broken body and a blood poured out. Every time you partake. Remind yourself, my Savior still cares for me. He doesn't forget me. He doesn't ignore me. He loves me still. And take that to heart. Especially in the dark days of your life. Today is physically a bright day. But you know there are dark days. There are those days of sorrow and sadness and sickness and heartache when everything seems to go wrong. Our kids, instead of being a blessing, are become a, a burden. Our marriage, instead of being a joy, becomes a cross. Our friends, instead of really being friends, turn on us. Our bodies give way. 
life hardly seems worth living. There are those days. And then you pray and you pray and you pray. And it doesn't seem to help or make any difference. But then remember this. This supper. Remember the bread. Remember the wine. And remember too what the Lord Jesus says to his disciples in the end. Why are you so afraid? You still have no faith. If we're fearful, it's because there's something wrong with our faith, right? If we think that he doesn't care, he doesn't hear, he doesn't answer, not fundamentally a problem with him because he does, but it's a problem with us. And then we need to pray. To pray to God. To pray for the Holy Spirit. To convict us, convince us, remind us once again that our God is good. And He does care. And that His Son, Jesus Christ, is the epitome of care. Look to him and be blessed. Amen. This has been a sermon from the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. For more information, please visit us on the web at www.langleycanrc.org.